people, this is Ray, aka Flight from the Flight Cast, with a new episode of Flight Alert. And I wasn't thinking that I was going to get a chance to do another episode of this show until after the WGA and SAG After Strikes were over, because everything has been halted in Hollywood with respect to any new production and any new films or TV shows going into production or being produced for next year. And it's starting to become slim pickings for the studios at this point as we get into the dog days of summer. But leave it to Mr. Zack Snyder himself to give me a reason, a very worthwhile reason for some seismic news to report on with respect to this episode of this particular show. None other than a teaser trailer for Rebel Moon, his brand new epic that we have been anticipating for the last couple of years now, to be honest with you. The the epic science fiction fantasy tale that he has been working on for the last couple of years that many of us, you know, those of us devout Zack Snyder fans have been anticipating for quite some time now. We're finally getting the first teaser trailer for it, the the first real teaser trailer, and this is an extended one, right? Because teasers a lot of times can be anywhere between a minute and a half to like two minutes long, some even shorter than that. This was like, what, 342, I think is the count on this particular video on YouTube. So it's meaty. It's got a lot in there for a teaser trailer. But, you know, it makes sense because the first one is coming out. We're talking, what, four months from now? Today is Tuesday, August 22nd. The release date for part one of Rebel Moon is December 22nd of this particular year. And we got some information on the second part when that's going to be released. Because, of course, these were shot concurrently back-to-back, which... Certainly helps Netflix cause production-wise, because now they know that they've got two things in the can from Zack Snyder that they can absolutely release end of this year and into the beginning of next year, you know, regardless of how long these strikes continue. But you know what? I'll address that really quickly. Let's just get this out of the way, because of course, as you know, I did a whole episode on this way back when, when the strike started in terms of my solidarity and where I sit with respect to supporting the writers and the actors in their battle, if you will, for fair wages against the ridiculous ass studios. And Netflix, unfortunately, is very much a part of that. You know, as much as I have championed streaming for the last couple of years, you know, Netflix has certainly become front and center with respect to the misers, if you will, the mindset of we just want to put out content and we're not treating our people like humans. Well, screw that, Netflix. As excited as I am, as much as I am anticipating Rebel Moon, you better get your shit together. Seriously. Because this is the antithesis of what you should be standing for. Everything that you have given Zack Snyder as far as creative freedom and everything that you have provided with respect to the resources that he has clearly put into this movie that I'm largely going to talk about in this episode. You need to be giving that to all your writers. You need to be giving that to all your creatives. You need to stop being assholes with respect to, you know, a livable wage and and trying to treat these people like they don't deserve the money. I hope you haven't stiffed anybody on Rebel Moon. Seriously. I hope that, you know, and Zack Snyder probably will, will do everything that he can to make certain that his cast and crew are taken care of. But I really do hope that Netflix didn't stiff anyone on this particular production. I know that's a heavy way to start this, but I can't in good conscience continue like this particular episode and talk about the seismic news without getting that out of the way. Netflix is still being an asshole. Netflix is still, you know, on not not on the straight and narrow with respect to this. So just wanted to address that up front. They still need to get their shit together regardless of how excited we might be for this particular trailer for Zack Snyder's new project. All right, got that out of the way. Solidarity with the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television Radio Actors. All right, cool. Now, let's talk about this trailer. <laughs> this 
was a trailer that I saw several hours after it released because um, I got home from work. I took a nap. I've been trying to get some more sleep, uh, you know, with respect to my schedule at work. And I got up and that was the first thing I saw when I got up because I saw some of my mutuals that have now joined threads, right? Because I'm not on X anymore, obviously. I've mentioned that for the last week or so that I deactivated my X account a little while back. I don't miss it, truthfully. Like, you know, there was a point where I, I talked on Patreon about how there weren't nearly as many of the trades or the regurgitators that were posting news on threads as much as they were still posting on X, and I found that to be very unfortunate. That seems to have changed a little bit. More people have jumped onto threads in the last week or so. I think since that announcement that, you know, Musk saying that they're going to take off the blocking function in X, I think that really uh, grind, ground a lot of people's gears, and so now they're, they're jumping ship even more to X, or, or more to threads, rather, uh, and later this week, Threads is supposed to be getting the desktop app. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a real turning point with respect to this whole social media battle. But at any rate, because I'm not on X, you know, I didn't get notified that this trailer was going to happen uh, other than two sources, right? Dave the Film Junkie, who I am a member of his Patreon, Film Junkie. So I got a you know the Patreon message indicating that there was going to be a teaser trailer today. And also my buddy Scott over at, at Squadcast Media, he posted it. Uh, in our little group chat, letting us know that that trailer was going to be coming down or that the teaser trailer was going to be coming down. So between those two, those are my only sources knowing that a Rebel Moon teaser was coming. So I was aware of it with respect to that. But, you know, it it had been a minute. Like, I hadn't taken a look at it until well after it was posted. I think it posted, what, it was like 11 11 a.m. Pacific time, which here is like 2 p.m. Like So that was right around the time that I got home. But anyway, it was the first thing that I saw when I got up from my nap, and this trailer, this teaser trailer is epic. And I I don't just mean epic in terms of the length, you know, the fact that it's 342, which is really meaty, like I said, for a teaser trailer, but just the the visual composition and the sound of this teaser trailer. The first thing that popped into my head is I really am happy, ultimately, for Zack Snyder, because I know that this is his wheelhouse. I know that this is the type of storytelling that he was born to do. This is what he wants to do. This is 1,000% in his wheelhouse. This is his aim. This is the unencumbered, you know, unshackled storytelling that he wishes to put forth with his work, with his craft. This is a story, as we all know, is an original composition, right? This is not a licensed property, right? So he doesn't have to deal with DC Comics or any other licensed entities. He he doesn't have to deal with any corporate bullshit in terms of the property that he is adapting because he's not adapting a property. This is an original property. This is an original story. And, you know, for all the people that were, you know, initially the conversation started with this and it's like, well, this is his version of Star Wars. This is the Star Wars script that he never fully got to realize. Well, I'll tell you what, looking at this trailer, I, I don't get Star Wars vibes. I don't. I don't get Star Wars vibes from this. I mean, sure, there's that one scene where Duna Bay's character has got the, the swords that clearly look like lightsabers. But to be honest with you, I got way more Dune vibes from this teaser trailer. I got some Lord of the Rings vibes with that spider creature, whichever one, the spider creature that Duna Bay was fighting. That gave me some real, like, mystical, like, magical, like, you know, the, the, the mythical, if you will, the fantasy element. You know, the Lord of the Rings stuff. Like, that was what really put me in that mindset there. But, like... There's some hints of Fifth Element in here as well, like specifically with ship design, right? Because I love the Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is like one of my favorite 
science fiction films, Die Hard in Space. I love that movie. And just the, I think of the Mondashiwan spaceships, right? And, and like some of the other, like, you know, f- f- Federated Territory spaceships, like just the, the size and scale and the way that they were shown flying in space. Remind This reminds me of that. The ships in this movie or in this teaser trailer for this movie remind me of that. But this is a grand and epic scale. And I got to be honest with you, this, you know, the, the, the behind the scenes stuff and like some of the, the, the behind the scenes videos, and I haven't watched all of them. I'm sure there's a ton of behind the scenes stuff that some of you and like diehard fans of Zack Snyder's work have really like poured into. I have not watched all of it. I've largely stayed in the dark with respect to a lot of Rebel Moon, because I'm not like, you know, it, it's a little different for me. I, I'm willing to admit that this is different for me because it's not a DC Comics property and not that I treat it differently. You know, and like, well, it's not DC. I don't care about it. No, I, I will say, though, that when it comes to the DC Comics stuff, the adaptation, there is a different energy with respect to the anticipation of, oh, well, what what's this version going to look like? What's that version going to look like? With something original... I am more inclined to wait for trailers. I am more inclined to wait for actual production, you know, like, like the value, like production value, right? Like I'm, I'm not that big on the behind the scenes beforehand afterwards. Like when I see all the crazy shit, I'm going to want to see how it worked. Cause I am totally that person where it's like, okay, how did you make this fly? How did you make that look like that? How did you make the laser swords look like this? Like I'm totally going to want to dive headfirst into it after seeing the film but initially, I was totally waiting for this. This is what I was waiting for. This is where, this is in my wheelhouse. This is where I become, you know, hyped up for a project like this. You know, And not that I wasn't already intrigued, one, because it's Zack Snyder, but two, also, this type of storytelling is more in my wheelhouse. For me, you know, I did, not that I didn't enjoy Army of the Dead. I did. I did like Army of the Dead. I saw it in theaters you know, and, and that whole thing with the army verse, it's a cool concept. I like, you know, a lot of the technical things that he did and a lot of the storytelling ideas that he did, but I didn't like dig into it. Like I didn't dive into like the lore and the speculation and all that stuff. Like so many other of my mutuals did, right? Cause zombies are not really my thing to be honest with you. And, you know, as far as some of the other, I mean, obviously the DC stuff, right. And, and, you know, 300 and Watchmen. Yes. That's all a different wheelhouse, right? For me though, the way to my heart as a nerd, truthfully, like one of the number one ways to get my attention whatsoever with your project is spaceships. Put spaceships in your project. Space battles, things in space. The minute you throw space into the mix, you have me. You have my attention. And this most certainly had my attention, knowing that there was going to be an epic space quotient to this. And it absolutely looks to be full on display. And that is probably the most exciting thing for me with respect to this trailer, seeing the spaceships and knowing like the different classes, like, okay, what is this class? What is that class? Like, how are we going to see the size comparisons and how epic is this going to look and how crazy is that going to be? What kind of scale are we dealing with? Like the, the space shots in this teaser are like my most excited. Like, like that's what excites me the most. Like I'm looking at this one shot of all these spaceships approaching a planet. And it's like, Oh, that that's just, that's sexy. That is just so gorgeous. I can't wait for that. That, that is the way to get my attention seriously. So the minute that this became a space epic, I'm like, yep, I'm in totally. And that, that's that. this is why for me, when I look at this project, when I look at the creative freedom that Netflix has given, you know, that, that we're, we're led to be told that, that Zack Snyder was given with respect to this particular project. And it certainly looks like it. It's an original project. 
he and Deborah could not be happier in terms of how they have been working with Netflix. I mean, they, they are one of the happier stories of Netflix that have come out as of late in the last year, if you will. Like, to me, I think that this film has, these films, this pair of films, absolutely has the potential to be Zack Snyder's magnum opus. No doubt. Absolutely. And, you know, all due respect to Man of Steel, all due respect to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, all due respect to Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think we are looking potentially at the greatest film that Zack Snyder has ever made in his life to date to this point. I really do. I really looking at the scale of this and looking at the, 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 the finished visual effects as we see it in this trailer. I mean, the scope and scale of this is phenomenal. I mean, this looks amazing. Seriously. All the, we're, we're talking, you know, the, the, the same gritty visual style that we've come to, you know, know and love and appreciate in the Zack Snyder trilogy, right? Just looking at these explosions, looking at these, you know, the, the slow motion and just the, the ballet and, and the, 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 the coordination of all of this. I mean, this looks absolutely gorgeous and gritty and vibrant and powerful and earth shattering. And there's so much here, right? Cause this is an ensemble cast. I know that, you know, we, we have Sophia Butella in the lead and I cannot wait to see her shine further. I have been a fan of hers since Star Trek Beyond, I know so many people probably know her still from you know either Atomic Blonde or from the first Kingsman film, right? When she was the the Blades assassin with the blades for legs, right? But to me, she's always going to be Jayla from Star Trek Beyond, who helped Kirk and crew and Scotty in particular fight off you know Evil Crawl and his bees, right? On on Ultimate. Uh, in that movie, because that she was awesome in that movie, she was really good. And so, you know, knowing that she can play a role in a science fiction franchise, the, the greatest science fiction franchise of all time, subjectively speaking, I had absolutely every confidence, and and still have every confidence that she is going to be one thousand percent badass as the lead of this ensemble cast and crew in Rebel Moon. I cannot wait to see it. But seeing all the other actors in this particular teaser trailer was awesome, right? Seeing Charlie Hunnam was great. Seeing Duna Bay was great. Seeing our good buddy Ray Porter in one of the clips, that was awesome. One of the two Rays that are featured in this film. The other, of course, being Ray Fisher. We saw a little bit of his blood axe, no lines, but we saw a little bit of him on the field of battle. And I mean, this film just looks like a gritty, grimy space fantasy epic, seriously. And to hear Anthony Hopkins' voice on the narration, I mean, there, there are, there's like a short list of like narrators that you can get to, like, the best narrators to, like, narrate your trailer, to narrate your teaser trailer, and he's on that list. He's, like, in the top five. You hear his voice, and it just adds such a gravitas and a and a legitimacy, if you will, to your trailer, to this trailer. It's like, okay, no, this is real deal. This is absolutely real deal. But you see all these other characters. You see Jamin Hansu. You see Ed Screen. You, you see Corey Stahl with a crazy, like, Jesus beard. That This is the craziest I've ever seen Corey Stahl. For people who don't know who Corey Stahl is, Yellow Jacket, Darren Cross, originally in the first Ant-Man movie, and then again reprising, well, not reprising necessarily, but well, kind of reprising his role as Darren Cross in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but as MODOK, right? Like, that actor, that dude, that's the dude with the crazy beard, Toward the beginning of the of the, this teaser trailer, it's like, yeah, that that's the craziest I've ever seen him in a movie, and he's a a really solid character actor. But it's going to be awesome to see a number of these character actors and a number of these other like actors that I've seen in other things, like in this big ensemble. I mean, this this looks like an extremely epic, grandiose 
film. And I'm not kidding. I, I really, you know, the, the, the Star Wars influence in this film, I, I don't see it personally. Like, and I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a diehard Star Wars fan. And obviously, you know, we, when we watch the actual movie, I mean, we can make the comparisons and we can say, okay, well, this is Star Wars and that's Star Wars. That's where the influence comes from. But this does not look like a clone. This does not look like a knockoff at all. This looks like a very different, organically original piece of content, which is great. I'm glad for that because one of the things that I was worried about initially at the beginning of all this production was that there was going to be too much of a of an argument like, well, he just ripped off Star Wars. This is a, a lazy knockoff. Now, there is not a damn thing lazy whatsoever about a single frame of this teaser trailer. There is so much going on. And I personally don't even really know the entirety of the plot, and I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that. There's a lot of details about this that I don't want to know. I want to try and go into this a little bit more blind. I know that Dave the Film Junkie and Scott and a number of others, probably, and Stephen Colbert too, probably know way more about the details of this than I do. I'm okay not knowing. I'm okay going into this with as fresh eyes as I possibly can have, even being a diehard fan of Zack Snyder, so that I can watch this on its own merits and not, you know, have all these comparisons like, okay, is this like this, is that like that, and not expecting certain things. Because this looks like an incredibly epic original tale. I love the way that it is shot already. I mean, all of the Zack Snyder visual spectacle, all of the visual tricks of the trade that he has used, his, his very style is all over this teaser trailer. And, you know, he, he really is an auteur, right? For people, you know, when we talk about the definition of auteur, when we talk about Christopher Nolan being an auteur because he has a very distinctive style. When we talk about Spike Lee being an auteur because he's had a very distinctive style for the last 30 or 40 years, he's had an incredible career, right? Like those types of filmmakers, Martin Scorsese for sure, for certain, Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, right? Zack Snyder most certainly is an auteur. And I know that there are still some assholes out there that are going to laugh at me for putting his name in the same category with any of those. But I'll tell you what. When it comes to visual spectacle, when it comes to show, don't tell, when it comes to storytelling, yeah, his name absolutely subjectively belongs on that list. If you want to be a jerk about it and you want to say that he doesn't belong on that list because all he does is make pretty movies, that's your business. But I am so far beyond. There was a time way back when, when I used to legitimately compare Zack Snyder to Michael Bay. Now nah, he surpassed him. He absolutely moved past that. And truthfully for me, it started with Man of Steel. The storytelling in Man of Steel, especially the multiple times that I rewatched that film and really understood, you know, the, 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 the nitty gritty, like the core of what he was building with his trilogy, right? With, with what was going to be the DCEU plan at that time, right? And the way that he expounded upon it in Batman v Superman, Donna Justice Ultimate Edition. And then of course, later on in Zack Snyder's Justice League, no, he absolutely elevates his filmmaking beyond simply just looking pretty and being a visual spectacle. He tells a story. He has themes. He has motifs. He has vibrant, powerful, multi-dimensional characters. You know, even some of his more one-dimensional characters and background characters in his films still have more gravitas than a lot of other one-dimensional characters than you see in other films. No, Zack Snyder absolutely, over the years, has elevated himself past the idea of just simply having one speed of directing, right? His movies are still gorgeous, right? Has he made a non-gorgeous movie? I would say no. I would say all of his movies have a very distinctively gorgeous style. And of course, it it's all subjective. So it's going to depend on whether or not you like that certain visual style that he's very good at, right? Like if he hates slow-mo, 
well, then why the hell are you watching any of his movies in the first place? He uses slow-mo all the time. But then I would have to caution you, if you hate slow-mo because of Zack Snyder, well, then that means you've really got to hate slow-mo across the board. You've got to hate it when Michael Bay does it. You've got to hate it when any other filmmaker does it. Some of the best filmmakers out there use slow-mo, right? Steven Spielberg has used slow-mo, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to remember. No, he has. He certainly has. Like, I'd have to pinpoint exactly which movies he's done it in. But still... Right. If, if you're going to be again, if you're going to be a jerk about it, right, you, you've got to be a jerk across the board with respect to something that Zack Snyder does in his repertoire. But, you know, beyond that, like he most definitely is one of the most definitive auteurs of our time. And I think that we are on the verge of his magnum opus. I really do. Like this trailer just has so much in it. I mean, there's so much going on at once and none of it looks small. None of it looks like low budget. None of it looks like it is made for a streaming service. Seriously, I talked about, you know, when when I was talking about Blue Beetle the other day on Flight Review, I talked about how that movie was originally, you know, slated to be for HBO Max or, or now Max. It was slated to be streaming only. But to me, in watching that film, I did not get any impression that it was designed for streaming. I didn't detect anything myself that was so low budget, right? You know, like some of the other streaming things that we've seen, you know, like Secret Invasion or, you know, She-Hulk or anything like that, right? And you're on a, that I still need to see She-Hulk. I'm just going off of what I've seen of She-Hulk, right? But like there's a subjective perception where you can tell, okay, this is a streaming budget versus a theatrical budget because you're you're not making it. You're not building it for the big screen. You're building it you know, to be watched at home, right? And this is a film, you know, I, I don't know, I think the the details in terms of the theatrical release of Rebel Moon is still up in the air at this point, but at the very least, Netflix customers are going to be able to watch this first and foremost in their homes, right? On their big screen TVs or on their, you know, cell phones, iPads, computers, wherever they decide to watch it, right? So we know that that's going to be available for them on December 22nd. So the thing is, okay, when you make the streaming content, are you making it for the home viewing experience, or are you making it for something bigger than that? And to me, Rebel Moon is clearly made for bigger than that. He did not restrict, he didn't pull any punches with respect to the actual visual scope and scale of this. He made this to be shown on, like, IMAX, on, like, a big scale, on, like, a, a massive screen. And and I I would love to see this in theaters. Like, if this gets any type of, like, bigger release, and, and I, I don't know if it'll be in IMAX, but if it is, I hope it's an IMAX in my area because I absolutely would love to see and experience this in IMAX. I seriously, I get Dune vibes from this. I do. I Dune is probably the biggest film that I get. Like if, if we're like relating this to any other projects that we're aware of, like, like I can re I can hear the tagline that like, you know, variety, like, you know, one of the variety reporters or somebody from Hollywood reporter or deadline. Like I can see the headline. Now they'll call this Dune meets Star Wars or Star Wars meets Dune. You, you can see those words, being written in like a, a social media posting or a headline for an article. That's absolutely what they will say as far as like reviewing this, because again, you look at the visual style of this and that's the first thing that pops into my head. That's the first thing that I think of the first thing that I see when it comes to this. And I'm good with that. Like, I love how original this feels and I love how different this feels, you know, even though like, you know, our, our brains try to compare, you know, and of course the suits always try to compare things. That's how you've got to pitch things to them. You've got to give them a comparison. Like, what is this? Like, compare this to a project that has already succeeded. And those are your comparisons in that regard. 
But I really seriously hope that I get a chance to see this particular film in theaters, right? I, I would even like to see it in theaters first, to be honest with you. This is one of those cases where, like, you know, I, as much of a champion of streaming as I am, this is a film that I would like to experience in theaters. Because as I've said before, I am not anti-theater. I've never been anti-theater. How could I be anti-theater with as much money as I've spent this past summer going to the theater? Come on now. Seriously. I'm not anti-theater. I just appreciate the choice and I appreciate the option for, you know, families that don't have all the income in the world to be spending on tickets on a regular basis to, to or time for babysitters and gas and concessions and all that. that They can just sit at home and enjoy some streaming goodness, right? They have that freedom to be able to do that. And I am glad for that, for a movie like this, for sure, because I don't know how much marketing could go into this. I don't know how much the general audience would be grabbed by this, although truthfully, you know, that's... A good question because you know the general audience went out there and and the, the marketing for Barbie was fantastic and they went out and saw that particular film and yes it's a licensed property but it's not like it's part of a big franchise you know it's not you know Marvel or DC or, or Fast and Furious or anything like that and that made a billion dollars and then of course Oppenheimer the R-rated darling that you know the, the super dramatic epic that's made over half a billion dollars and continues to climb and, and just break all the records right the the general audience has said that they will go out and see that. So maybe, you know, in, in another, you know, depending on how this goes, like maybe something, a push like that could have happened for Rebel Moon. I don't know. Not sure. But either way, I would like to experience this film in theaters. And for me personally, I really do believe that subjectively speaking, I think we are on the verge of Zack Snyder's magnum opus. Seriously. I think that this very well could be the greatest thing he's done to, to date, right? Because he's, He's still got a ways to go, man. I mean, this dude could make films till doomsday, seriously. I I feel like he's one of those types of directors where as long as it remains fun for him and as long as he is allowed to to flex his creative wings as best as he can, he's going to continue to tell these epic stories. He's going to continue to be this grandiose auteur, and I'm here for all of it. Seriously, I 100% am here for all of it and support him in all of his endeavors. We got some important information as well out of this teaser trailer that I don't think we had before. We knew that part one of Rebel Moon was going to be released on December 22nd of this year. It is officially called A Child of Fire. So Rebel Moon part one, A Child of Fire, December 22nd, 2023. And now we know that part two is called The Scar Giver. Rebel Moon part two, The Scar Giver, will release on April 19th, 2024. So there you have it. Those are our definitive release dates for both of those, and I, I feel like those are locked in because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that all principal photography, you know, for both films were completed at the same time, and I believe they're finished, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're done, and I don't know about reshoots or anything like that. I'm not sure exactly what the case with that is, but as far as I know, these particular release dates are ironclad in that regard, right? So we know full-on what the schedule is with respect to both parts of Rebel Moon, so that is an important piece of information to lock in. So December 22nd is our first date of excitement for the first part of this. And then April 19th of next year is when we will see the epic second part. And I can't wait. Seriously. I I really do think I'm going to enjoy this more than any other piece of work that Zack Snyder has done from an original, original composition standpoint, the, the DC stuff. I almost feel like when we talk about Zack Snyder's work, there does need to be something of a delineation in terms of his DC work and his original work. And, you know, because obviously with his original work, I mean, Sucker Punch, loved that movie. That that was very well done. 
Army of the Dead, like I said, I did enjoy that movie, but I'm also not, you know, that big into zombies like so many other of my mutuals are, right? So as much as I enjoyed it, it's still not within my wheelhouse, but this is in my wheelhouse. This is absolutely 1,000. Space fantasy, science fiction fantasy in space, you are speaking my language and you are appealing to arguably my favorite part of science fiction, my favorite part of the science fiction genre there could possibly be. I mean, I love so many aspects of the science fiction and fantasy genres, but like I said, spaceships, that is the quickest way to my heart with respect to being a nerd. So I am 1000% down for all of this. I believe that I am going to enjoy the hell out of it. I believe that it is going to be epic. I believe that it is going to be amazing. And listen, however long it is, you know, like, I don't know what they're talking about with run times. I mean, we know this dude films hours of material, right? And, and creates like four hour plus long assembly cuts. I'm, hey, whatever. I don't care. Give that man his freedom. Allow him to flex his creative muscles as much as he wants and as much as he is capable of doing. He will find a way to tell the story as vibrantly and as visually engaging and as thematically engaging as possible. And we'll all just sit back and enjoy the ride. And I think I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this ride. I do. I don't see anything in this trailer that gives me pause. Seriously. I look at all of it and I'm like, yeah, where do I sign up? Seriously? December 22nd? Like, I'm not wishing, I'm not you know, wishing for winter to get here faster, but seriously, I, I bring it on. Come on now. That that's a day after winter starts. Right. So that's, you know, the, the funny part about this is like, as far as the, the seasons go, like I hate when it gets darker later in the year. Right. I, and, and we're going to get to like December 20th and 21st is like the darkest time. That's when it like the sun sets at like four o'clock in the afternoon and it's going to suck. I hate that. I don't like that at all, but the day after that is when we start gaining sunlight again, right? So, like, the day that Rebel Moon comes out is going to be a special day, but part one is going to release, and it's going to be like, cool, this is when we start to get the sunlight back, and Zack Snyder is going to kick off regaining the sunlight for the rest of the year with part one of his space science fiction fantasy epic, and no, I, I this is this is where my hype level rises, people. I haven't talked a whole lot about Rebel Moon in the past, but this is where my hype level absolutely rises, because... Gorgeous first teaser trailer. Cannot wait for this. This is this is in my wheelhouse. This this is this excites me. I can't say that enough. How much this particular subject matter excites me with respect to Zack Snyder's storytelling. I did the space epic, the space science fiction epic with fantasy elements. Cannot wait. Ensemble, bring it on. Yes, there you have it. So definitely wanted to get on here and talk about that. Seismic news with that trailer dropping, with that teaser trailer dropping. If you have not seen it, definitely go to the Netflix account on YouTube and check that out. Just go ahead and Google it, Rebel Moon official teaser trailer uh, on the Netflix account. And go ahead and bask in the glow in what is 3 minutes and 42 seconds of epic space science fiction fantasy Zack Snyder goodness that we are four months away from experiencing all ourselves. Indeed. So that'll do it for this particular episode of Flight Alert. Thank you, Zack Snyder, for giving me an opportunity to do this show in the midst of all the bullshittery going on with Hollywood and the WGA and SAG after strikes. I really do appreciate that, Zack Snyder. I'm thanking you personally for that because your creativity, your genius, and the original work that you poured your heart and soul into in the last couple of years to spread your creative wings further than the idiots at Warner Brothers ever would allow you to fully gives us hope and something else to truly look forward to amidst all this ridiculousness in Hollywood at this point in time. 
Not that Zack Snyder listens to my show. It would be awesome if he did. Maybe he does. I don't know. But either way, thank you so much for that. And thank you to everyone listening to this show. Thank you to everyone supporting the Flightcast Network and listening to all of my ramblings and whatnot. Don't worry. We will get to the Flight Chat episodes. I know there's some feedback that I need to get to. Alex DeSilva and Rachel Bernadowitz have sent some new emails as far as their catch-up. And I know we've got Ahsoka to talk about with respect to television. So look out for a Flight Box episode that might actually deal with both of the star franchises because I still haven't been given my last couple of thoughts on the last two episodes of Strange New World Season 2. We've got some new information about the DVD release, or not the DVD, the Blu-ray release, pardon me, the 4K Blu-ray release with respect to that. So a lot more coming down the pipe in the next few days as far as the Flightcast network of shows. But thank you so much for listening to this one. If you have any thoughts with respect to the Rebel Moon teaser trailer and you want to add to the conversation that we will definitely get back to on Flight Chat for the feedback show, you know where to find me on Threads, not X, screw that place, Threads at the Flightcast. You can also find the Flightcast Facebook page on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, obviously, for the Flightcast as well, since I have a Threads account. And you can also reach me by email at ray at theflightcast.com. All right, take care, stay safe out there, and I will see you all next time. Take it easy. Take it easy.